hello. Thanks for listening to Psyche Design. My name is Megan Lavoda, and in this episode, I'm going to be continuing on my conversation with Nate Frossa, who is an ENFP, and we're going to be talking about sensing and intuition and how both of those functions show up in the extroverted and introverted orientation. Uh, This is a continued conversation from last week's episode, so if you want more context as to what we're talking about, I would suggest listening to that episode first. Introversion and extroversion are the two orientations of the psyche. Introversion seeks the universal from the personal perspective, and extroversion seeks what's personal from the universal perspective. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how those two different flows of energy interact whenever they are in the sensing or the intuiting function. Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the episode. Okay, this is just kind of an off-handed question, but I noticed that when you took notes, you started with the um, perceiving functions. Mm. And I felt like it made way more sense to start with the judging functions. I wonder, is that because you are a perceiver yeah. first? Yeah, perceiver first. <laughs> yeah (laughs) yeah and i'm i'm a judging i mean this this works though because in a way we do cover for each other's kind of missing points in that sense because i had a lot to say about um any and ni in a way uh also because recently i made essays about it too but it's a comforting thing for me yeah (laughs) let's go into intuition first I, i i almost thought that it would make more sense to go into sensing but since we are both intuitives and I imagine a lot of the people listening are intuitives. Um, let's talk about it. We've got introverted intuition and extroverted intuition. And if it wasn't clear, um, when we say N, that is talking about intuition in the system, N E and N I. I haven't mentioned this, but it was on my notes, and I think it'd be a good idea to bring it up now. Mm-hmm. Because we're talking about introversion versus extroversion, I would say that it's a good thing to look at them too in the idea that there is direction and flow. Yes, yes. But then they are in different directions. Yeah, so that's kind of one way to think of the direction is when I was talking about seeking the universal from the personal for introversion, that's like a kind of a direction. Um, so like, and as I even said at the beginning, I, I think I used NI as an example for that, where like NI might be seeking something very comprehensive, but it's coming from that initial aha moment or that spark then leads you down this rabbit hole um like i say rabbit hole and like honestly a good metaphor to think about and e and i is if you think of alice in wonderland (laughs) and like i feel like the rabbit hole that alice goes down and her journey through this like what that means to her is like a very good example of ni but like then like the random bunny rabbit and then there's a bad hatter and then there's all this the yeah. whole realm is like kind of extroverted intuition yeah right it's a wild ride <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite stories though so it goes hand in hand with my... yeah yeah and so do you kind of just as the intuitive first person would you like to kind of start with how you think and Ian and I interact? Well, I, I would... I, the first thing that comes up to my mind, actually, was the the essay that I wrote on Twitter. <laughs> because I, I did highlight... It's, it sounds... Because I'm trying to sound as if I'm so intellectual, but it's literally... It's just Twitter, guys. Like, it's not... Right? Let's not kid ourselves here. But hey, if this was hundreds of years ago, you would be writing with a quill. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little booklets, right? <laughs> that I have bound personally together. Um, yeah. No, it's... Uh, I, the interaction between Eni and I is actually very fascinating because it almost causes kind of a feedback loop between each other. Because often any folks and NI folks, when they meet each other for the first time, they find that they can't stop talking to each other mm-hmm. because there's always something. I would say as an any person, I feed off of whatever NI idea pops up because I'm going to bring more. And that's the NI so person is going to take I think that's why this episode's one. so long. Right? Yeah. And then the NI person will pick one and be like, no, I like that one. And the NI person is like, great, I have a hundred about the same thing with it. And then they're like, great, I'm going to pick the next one. I also got another hundred. It's just, why are, I hate us. Because <laughs> like, okay, so let's just get really meta about this since we this is the intuitive functions. I came to this episode prepared with the points that I wanted to make. But you know what? Whenever I bring up the point, then Nate, you came up with other points I haven't considered and now that's like changing and impacting my and I is like receiving the intuition and like and it's changing the directions changing the course I don't want to change my course yeah that's something that something that intuition has to do is like I had an intention now here this is my path this is my purpose I'm going for it but then when you come when you bump against an E it's like oh wait I didn't consider that now I need to Maybe change my course. What sucks is you guys are a line, and for us it's a circle, because we go yeah. through all of that. We come back to it full circle, but we have to go through the whole circle, which is the exhausting. Yeah, part. I mean it's it sounds exhausting on your end when you think about it. Yeah. Whereas for so, me, the line part is the exhausting part. So just to let you guys in on a secret, something I was kind of thinking before this episode of like, how can I try and integrate ni and ne? Is that I was like, okay, so I have this path. I know where I'm taking this episode. I know the points, but I'm allowing for little breaks to open up the floodgates and then kind of like, it's almost like I'm allowing space for like randomness to come in. Cause I obviously I'm talking to Nate. There's going to be some sort of some random randomness. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I mean, like, mind yeah. you, I told you this before we had, we started this, this episode where I had an outline in mind because I want to go back to the original point. <laughs> Yeah, because it's I know within myself it's going to take effort because I my natural is is not to be in a straight line. So mm-hmm. having something present is going to help me be more right like ready and not as weirded out if we wanted to pull mm-hmm. it back to the same point again. So So actually to and, pull this back. Yes. <laughs> I realized yes. I realized that I didn't clarify it. intuition. It is a um perceiving function or I also like to call it the experiential an experiential function intuition and sensing because this is how we experience the world it's not how we're assessing the world and one thing to think about the perceiving or experiential functions is when you're meditating and you're told and you're like oh uh, clear your thoughts clear your emotions let them go you are basically trying to shut off your thinking and your feeling um but what you have there is you're fe- you're sensing and your intuition. Um, and intuition is about potential and possibilities. Um, I a lot of times, a lot of times I hear people talk about like NI being potential and NE being possibilities. And like I think that it just gets confusing because both functions are focused on both. NI is going to be considering all the possibilities and then getting rid of some. So that it could decide which one they want to go down. What, but then NE is going to be like, 
um, you know, openly considering the possibilities and like both are also um, concerned with potential. Like NE might be creating creative potential by, you know, um, what uh, like expanding into some unknown territory and like adding potential that wasn't there before. Whereas NI might be like projecting potential onto something that isn't there. So anyway, that was kind of- I that. think that's where the direction comes into play to help differentiate it in a way because yeah. they're both acutely prepared or consciously mm. are aware of potential and possibilities. Like to say NE is only considered potential and possibilities is kind of a misnomer when you really think about it. Because NI is the type of person to strip away and remove potential. You have to be aware of it first to know what to strip away. So it both really are capable of it. It's just mm -hmm. that the direction and the flow to which, or the angle to how each one reaches whatever point they want to reach. Or gonna... you could you could even think of it, you could think of it as introverted intuition as being focused on personal potential and, Ooh, yeah. and extroverted as the potential of the world around them of every object we see <laughs> yeah oh that's an interesting way of thinking of it is like if you think of ne as seeking the personal potential oh wait no, no. yes yeah, seeking personal potential from universal potential Ooh. and and, yeah. and i would be seeking universal uh potential from your personal because i mean when you think about it if you were to ask me what my goals were off the top of my head it would take a circle to get back to because we're going to be looking at everything Ooh. right whereas just, we don't always have the answer as the resident uh ni user i would say that i'm very concerned with personal potential being on my path being aligned with my path i i want to have this sort of like inner knowing of who am i what is my higher self what is the next version of myself that i'm stepping into and how mm -hmm. and um, NI is focused on the possibilities, but also like bringing it down to what is the most probable possibility and also what's the one that I'm the most aligned to and the one that I'm attracting the most. And so how am I going to mm. step into that version that uh, is, you know, more aligned with me? And NI also is focused on, well, both are also, both intuitive functions are also focused on patterns, but NI is sort of like pattern recognition over time. Um you know, I actually, um, actually shout out. smart. You've mentioned that. Mm -hmm. No, go ahead. Power, pattern recognition over time. Whereas for me, it's pattern recognition in real time. Ooh. Yeah. Over time in real time. And th that's another, that's another really I'm like, not going to bother myself with possibilities 10 years from now. Like I'm thinking of possibilities right now. <laughs> that's another <laughs> to thing. To be that... perfectly frank with you. <laughs> that's another thing that I might even like add to this list is like that extroversion ha is kind of happening like in real time for a lot of it too right because tg's acting is yeah in real time over time yeah because i would see and over time not because not over time in a way that we think of the future like oh and happening in 10 years well what about 10 years ago too we're considering that as well the length of that time is larger right because yeah. an end person is going to look at the entirety of life not just the next 10 I just want to connect this concept really quickly back to the judging functions in the sense that FE, if you don't text them back for a long time, <laughs> they might not remember that you love them because right now, like you are not acting like a friend, 
for example. But or like because I mean, of the right now, because right now is what matters. Yeah, yeah. And when I'm not trying to say that if you don't text someone, all of a sudden you're not a friend, but like they are focused on how are you treating me like right now. And then TE is like, I have a deadline right now. And so unless you can speed up TI on telling me your philosophy on whatever, um, I'm not going to reach this bottom line. And so sure, you, this principle might be tried and true over time, but um, unless you can yeah, tell like me being before stood Friday. Up for an, yeah, like being stood up for an appointment. It's like, did you not plan hard enough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, what? how would you describe your, like, tell me a little bit about your experience with NE and also how you react to NI. Well, I think it's just going to go off of the extra thing that I mentioned from the very, very, oh, yeah. very beginning. Because I yeah. believed at first that everybody would think like me, that people mm-hmm. would just naturally make these conscious connections all the time based on everything they see i thought everybody was just like that or that they just grew older and just deliberately ignored it although i found that difficult to ignore i don't know how other people could do it and then i realized that's because they weren't valuing my my preference (laughs) that they were going through a completely different perspective but i didn't have that language or those words present to me at the time now and i was such an interesting person to yeah, I'm going to say person. It was an interesting entity to encounter in life because in a way I got to learn the very opposite of my intuition, the opposite direction, let's say, of where intuition was heading. Because for me, mine spread and expanded. For theirs, or I guess in your case, by the closest degree, right? With those, intuition is, you know, being filtered into one, which is such a strange concept phenomenon for me i didn't know that was a thing i was describing it and shout out to joyce it was like a reverse water droplet situation because i make the ripple you know the drop into the lake that makes that ripple for you it's like you someone pressed rewind (laughs) and bring it all into one yeah and that's where like the receptive and activating aspect kind of comes in where like and you know, actually, I the one of the reasons why I've been wanted to talk to you about this specifically is that I have I kind of understood more about the receptive and activating thing from talking to you is like I remember I like called you whenever I was first thinking of an I the idea for this podcast and I was like, okay, here's where my NI is at. Here's what I'm thinking, and you just kind of reacted to it. And I had this feel, and I feel this with NE a lot, but it feels like my NI is like soaking up all of this. It's like creative potential that is like so potent and just like there. It can be overwhelming. Like it can, like being around NPs for too long can kind of just make my brain hurt. Like to be honest, after this conversation, I'm probably going to completely turn off my brain. I mean, same. It applies to me too. (laughs) Like literally I'm like trying to find this common theme. I mean, did you remember when there was like that two NI users talking on a phone chat we had on a Friday, was it? And I just shut down. (laughs) You know, yeah, I said it was a TI thing because they're all TI users. But I was like, no, there's this, we all stayed on one topic. And I'm like, really? The topic, you beating the dead horse. The dead horse is in the grave, six feet on and you're still pouring that sulfuric acid <laughs> Wait, like so it's, me, it's gone it's done now <laughs> so explain to me what is your reaction then from the ni 
Oh, to you mean towards Ni? Like when Ni goes into the what is how does Ni make your Ne feel exhausted? (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, explain the exhaustion. Well, what how I see it, it comes off so limiting. It it's very it it feels like prison (laughs) in a way (laughs) because um I would say I. I tried to apply NI principles and I've done, I've made a point about this before where I was like, this has been very helpful in keeping my focus and making sure what my priorities were, but it is so hard to actually apply in real time because it doesn't work in real time. It requires a time to process, a time to think about, a time to, right, to spread it out throughout the year even, or maybe the years later. And you have to like sit there and not do anything. You know, you've had situations where you're like, hold on, I'm going to NI it, which equaled lying down, you know, thinking about it. And I'm like, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't, I can't just lie down uh... and and just zone out like that. I zone out wait. while working. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay. So this is kind of a tangent yet related. <laughs> is that I believe my boss is an ESFJ, which NI would be their uh, blind spot function. They don't even acknowledge NI. I've noticed like, the way she plans things and the way she like I've, I've asked myself does she not give herself zone out time slash why isn't there she giving be. me zone out time if you want me to come up with the strategy or do anything creative there's gonna need to be time where I think about it or muse on it yeah. and like that's just I feel like there's no room for it and I was wondering why and I think it might be because not holding space for NI? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go back to the other functions and how that relates to introversion and extroversion, you know how the FE person would feel that the FI person is like, why'd you just withdraw and not do anything, right? Like, what kind of person are you? Whereas an NE person would be like, why would you shut your brain off? <laughs> it's like, oh. Why would you do that? Like, it's such a strange phenomenon to turn it off because. Wow. Oh my it's God. It's like giving up control. Why would you give up control? That makes so like, much sense because I think that like she's both impressed by my ideas yet also wonders if I'm lazy sometimes because I, I'm not using my, I'm not like explaining all my ideas constantly. I'm going to tell you in the meeting or whatever, like what I'm working on, but then like I need Yeah, hours. and we need like the checkups, right? Like there's going to be a checkup of like, well, did you, what did you think about lately? Because I... I remember saying that if oh. I was in your shoes as an any dom, if she were to check up on me, I would have, even if it's not even well fleshed out, I would present her maybe 10 presented ideas. Oh my God. Already. <laughs> like on the top. <laughs> because for me, it's very, because I know I have infinity. So 10 means nothing to me. Like I can spare 10 right now. I could spare 10 tomorrow too. Like it's not a See, big deal. I don't, I don't want to share a, an idea that's in the oven, you know? Yeah like still cooking well that's funny because you guys have the oven metaphor for me it's like i swim in this ocean and we're just filling in beakers but that be like there will never be a time where all the beakers are going to be full that ocean is huge so you'll always have a beaker of water for you (laughs) and what's interesting i'm bringing up an esfj as an example where ne is their third function which everyone's third function is actually a very pure way of looking at the function because their blind spot is the opposite so they kind of like only use like for esfjs for example their intuition is only extroverted kind of so yeah it's like kind of a good way of like learning 
how i mean we haven't even discussed what a lower stack intuition is gonna look like too yeah which that could be another episode but like <laughs> that's i guess okay that that's interesting because yeah i do think that all the introverted functions do need you know that space to process but even like for i think creativity from ni comes to staring at a wall and like waiting for the idea to hit you oh oh actually to add nuance again mm -hmm. um to add to your end to why and i could be exhausted by ne yeah um, and i remember and i gets annoyed or frustrated even when they are projected upon being as assuming that they didn't think everything through because it's the one thing ni does a lot is to think everything through it's to consider all possibilities and to pick one to say that we to assume that you guys didn't do that is kind of a weird dynamic moment right like i've seen and I folks will report and complain about it. They'll be like, what makes you think I didn't consider that? <laughs> yeah. That? Yeah. In fact, in fact, a problem, like I've noticed with this ESFJ that it's a lot of like her beating me to the punch, asking me, what do you think about this before I'm even able to say, to yeah, like, and so it almost seems like for NE, like it's like you prefer to like play with the ideas until something shapes mm -hmm. or takes form. Mm -hmm. And how does NI sort of disrupt that process or influence it? Well, to remove the playing part of that is to kind of remove the kinetic energy that we could be drawing from it. So is NI feel not very playful to you? No, absolutely <laughs> can, you, can you expand on that a lot? Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. I know that that's true, but a lot of NJs listening to this are going to be like, hey, wait, I'm playful. Or like, we yeah, but we find you boring. <laughs> yeah, no, but exp expand on that. Let us, uh, let us know. Well, the thing is, it's... It's not boring with the, like when you guys tell me the idea, it's actually exciting to hear it at first. But then the next portion of now let's discuss it for the next one week. <laughs> That's that same idea because you want to manifest something about it. And I'm going, okay, we're going to discuss the same thing. But then for us, we're like, we're exhausting just one. It feels like I'm missing out on everything else. And to mm. that to me is the more it's the worst feeling to miss out on everything else. Um, it's like a weird form of FOMO in that sense, because I, I remember I made a tweet about this earlier today <laughs> where the feeling of not considering all possibilities was worse than only to consider one or two because it felt like I was disappointing myself. I felt like I was not being myself it also felt wrong i mean this is all just emotional wording it also felt terrifying <laughs> to do that too there's a lot of emotions swirling around it made me feel weak would you say that introversion can be kind of connected to commitment in the sense that you're committed to like at least with ni i feel like it's like committing to one idea or like aligning yourself your subjective self with an idea or an well, interpretation we talked about stripping uh, away possibilities to keep mm -hmm. up with just maintaining the one now the stripping away part is i think the terrifying prospect about it because there's that and i'm not saying fear is in oh i'm so scared but there is that 
worry that comes up of, well, what if you're wrong with your one thing? What if you hit a dead end with your so-called career? I wouldn't be so motivated to just do it unless it was correct. That's the funny thing because that's the kind of thinking that to us as any people is alien. Because how could you be so sure? That doesn't make sense. But then the thing is for us yeah. is because we are not sure yeah. ourselves. That's really yeah. all it is. That's just the prediction because we are not sure. And that's exactly how the functions can kind of um, assume things about each other. Because like, um, I we talk about this a lot with FE and FI in the sense where like FI might think FE is fake for caring about everyone else because FI doesn't have the energy to think about it in the same way. When like, if, okay, if an FE user was to try and tune in to their FI, it would tell them, I want to give to everyone else. I, I like the authentic personal universe of someone who prefers FE is to, you know, use FE. And so I guess with NE and I here, it's like, um, you don't have, it's not like you have this like one path that you're just denying or like afraid of, you know, it's, it's, I think that NI users, kind of enter this life with this feeling of um this feeling of i know who i want to become in some sense even if we don't fully know um we're drawn to well, you kind guys of are go in a certain aware. direction you guys are already aware of that connection we're still making those connections because again yeah. over time versus in real time right like we are making connections you guys have made connections mm-hmm or will make connections. Like really, it's yeah. a matter of a difference what it is, how we view it in a time-based setting. And I and, wanted to say, yeah. oh, sorry. I, no, I go ahead. To, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say, see, I, that's another thing I am assuming I'm about to cut, cut off your flow, but- But I don't have flow. <laughs> <laughs> Not oh, in yeah. this context, no. <laughs> also like, I have another meta thing to say, but before, um, I, uh, you, what you were talking about earlier about feeling kind of trapped by NI, I call that staying in your lane. Like, yeah. it's almost stability in a way. Yeah, <laughs> like... I think NI is like, NI can have tunnel vision, but it's also like, I know who I am and I'm going to stay in my own lane and I'm not going to be distracted by shiny object syndrome that NE can be distracted by. Like, oh, but actually, let me counter this then mm -hmm. with the next point. What you see as staying in your lane, I do the same, but under a different lens, the lens of SI. Yep. Right? Yeah. Because you see me co making comments of, why do you want to do that in the SE? Did you even think it through? Like, it's just concepts yeah. come up. Did you have a backup plan? Did you do this? Like, right? Like, because I'm looking to maintain that level, but in the sensing world or that plane yeah. of existence. I just wanted to say, I think this is a, a thing I noticed about how I was just listening to you is that every time you say something, I then will like think of like three things I want to say and how I want to segue it to the next. And like, I almost always have like ideas and like backlog that are like waiting to come out. Like this idea that I'm saying right now, I actually thought of three minutes ago. Like, mm -hmm. that's just kind of how it always is. And so what's actually really helped me to not interrupt is to write down what I'm about to say right here. Because, like, for example, what you said, um, like, the 
two times ago was like something that I'm going to say later about SE and SI <laughs> that I like wrote down. So like, I'm just trying to like show how this works. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we are exhausting. So those who are low <laughs> intuition, hearing us talk. Ugh. Oh gosh. <laughs> but gosh, what was I going to have fun? <laughs> What's I gonna say though? I mean, we were still on NI, really. Yeah, like, yeah. You were, you were describing. <laughs> I'm trying to tune back in. Um. Oh, okay, okay. I know what I was gonna say is that like, okay, so maybe NE is like wanting to dabble in lots of things because you don't quite know where you're going and you don't have like a commitment to one path and you don't want to trap yourself or like get rid of the possibilities, but like. I do think over time of what has always been true about where I've intuitively be, uh, been pulled. So something I struggle with kind of is like, I used to be a music major. I've been singing since I was quite young. I had a realization in college. I couldn't really see myself as an actual musician. Like I, I was trying to think about, do I really want the journey of it? I don't want to be a choir teacher. Like I would hate my life if that was me. And I don't even want to take the risk of not making it and then having to be a choir teacher because I just wouldn't be able to handle it. It's not a job for me. Um, I wouldn't feel joy from it. And so like, I kind of thought through all of the, well, like how, what do I really see myself doing with this? And I couldn't see it. And so I had to just I abruptly quit the music major and then I was like I need to be completely open to finding the thing that is going to stick with me I wonder if maybe NE users don't uh take the time to be like okay what is this really going to look like like later well I would say it's your envision. choice of words are interesting because you have a subtraction quality to it like you mm. looked at what right like you looked at it and you're going wait I don't actually want that because these things aren't working and that doesn't fit in and this mm -hmm. isn't it's constantly like subtraction. Whereas I would say in my experience, how I came to certain decisions that I was that I thought was really good was by adding or multiplying so mm. much of these possibilities. If so much things can come out of that one decision, I'm way more likely to pick that than mm. a decision that closes a door. Mm. Like if I like for example, yeah. buying a car, right? Usually typically you if I were to look at it from a different perspective, I'd be like, Oh, you're committing yourself to this five year program of paying for this and like that's a lot of responsibility i'm like but no you are opening the door to being able to travel anywhere you want because this car yeah. is like this it does like that this car is awesome so it's going to help me get to more things so yeah, it's like more guess, of an addition thing i say that because you know how you said and i can seem kind of boring or like uh not have that element of play it's like i realized that and so i started i tried to figure out what my real like purpose was going to be since I realized that I didn't really want to commit to music in that way but the problem is is that now it's really hard to get me to make music when that is something that I want I value in my life mm. but because it's hard for me to see the potential beyond just enjoying it in the moment it's hard for me to choose it well it's actually kind of funny you mentioned that because that's more your avenue of se Right, that's part yeah. of your kind of personal experience and making time for that. I think that there's an element of play with NE where, like, for example, you will like do like random rap videos on TikTok, 
Just for don't fun. ever find it. You'll never find it. <laughs> for any of those people who are curious, you'll never find it. Oh my god! <laughs> like you, you will do things like that because you saw the creative potential in the moment, and you just thought it was fun to do it, and then you moved on to the next thing. And like I, that sort of creative energy um, with music is what I would like for there to be more of. But I'm so one track minded of what idea I'm creating for myself over time that that's hard. That's funny because I would say that now I'm realizing that the perception axis, the NE, the NI, the SI, the SE, our stories are a little bit different compared to the judges. Because I would say my biggest thing with NE being an NE dom is that I always get this whisper of SI because for us the biggest thing to realize is that all we wanted to do was come back home mm. to that home. But we're constantly being pulled in all directions. Because that's where the life is, but then we realize true life comes from coming back home,、mm. and it's like a truth that we don't really realize is a big thing for us. But then、yeah. home isn't exactly in the traditional, conventional sense. We have to create it, and、yeah. really be a part of that. But it's like that personal curse that we have to deal with. Like, do you ex- keep exploring to find nothing, or do you keep, you know, do you really focus on what exactly is the thing that reminds you? Of who you really are back in really what you need to be, because the because fa- I look at SI as kind of the nesting ground where the eggs of possibilities can come up or the pregnant possibilities. It's that nest, whereas、mm-hmm. it's a completely it's different,、life. yeah, and it's a completely different phenomenon for NI and SE, because for you it's you already have you're already looking at life. You now you need to know if you can play it right now. <laughs> you can make take action now. So it's a different kind of way to look at the world. Yeah, um, I'm actually gonna pause this really quick to fill up my water. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm just gonna pause the recording. I'll be your B. So that's actually a really good segue into sensing because you're kind of talking about how you're because、uh, on every、uh, intuition is the other side of the coin of sensing and like、um, your SI is、um, your inferior function and really I just want to say intuition kind of is all about like seeking. Something beyond what's already manifested, and I, I like to think of sensing as like the physical reality that's already manifested. So yeah, intuition. My word choices there is、mm-hmm. the intangible intuition versus the tangible sensing. Yes, yes,、yeah. and I I feel like people think the intuition is not real, whenever it's just <laughs> as real. It just is. Reacting to the energy of what is not not physical yet, and so kind of what you're describing with your NE and SI, I think, is that what too much intuition does is it makes a person seek so many so much beyond that they are kind of not okay with what is already what already is there.、Um, so sensing.、Um, It's focused on the physical facts. Some keywords of it are like vitality, and like your body, life. This isn't like a direct definition, but it's some ways that I like to to think about it.、Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to kind of just jump in with what your thoughts are and how SI and SE interact? Yeah,、um, I would say with. With S, I feel like it's such an interesting、um, portion 
of our discussion when we talk mm-hmm. about sensing because it's i would say the one thing that is typically understood right away i think with people because it's it's what we see even if it's si2 it's like something that we can mm. actually all relate to to some extent um or the, the majority of people can actually be like oh okay so something like something tangible right like something we could actually hold uh, <laughs> versus the other stuff that's interesting because the the theory of the four temperaments two of the temperaments are sjs and sps which would be everyone with si everyone with se i wonder do you think are are, are by that logic are you saying that it's maybe easier for people to decide their type by thinking if they use SE or SI or like even type someone else because you could see it? In a way, Always. yes. Yeah, in a way, yes. But then this is coming from a person whose SI is inferior. So <laughs> I might be over-exaggerating my, my stake in the game in this case. Um, but like I would say the how I understood SI, especially when it comes to myself, and I mentioned this previously with the whole home concept, SI to me, there's a level of seeking comfort. There's like a level of seeking stability, balance. There's, I if I could even compare it metaphorically, it's a lot of Eastern philosophy, like martial arts in like Chinese martial arts is very SI actually, because there's a lot of breathe in, like breathe out, like wait and see, don't always, like not, of course, not all the martial arts, but there are specific types who are very wait and see concept and are very cautious and are very, mm-hmm. they are more focused on your inner control rather mm-hmm. than outer control versus some other areas of, um, let's say something that's related to SE, which is more active, dynamic, you know, ready mm-hmm. to move things because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, having an ESTP for a friend is also mm-hmm. very you know, mind blowing to see them just. Because the best example I can think of is driving. I'm actually quite cautious as a driver. Mm-hmm. If I'm, especially if I'm keeping my head in the game, I'm quite cautious and I'm less likely to make rash decisions. Whereas he's mm-hmm. the type that, according to his wife, quite reckless in making moves. But if you were to really look at it in his, through his lens, he's always in control. He knows how his yeah. car's move and work he's completely familiar with the noises he was like did you notice that woman about to cross the street did you notice the bird over there did you notice the trees like ruffling over there like one of them's gonna fall and i'm going how are you picking these up (laughs) that's another thing is that um if you feel responsible for a said function you're immersed in it and so if that is in your inner universe then you are immersed in your like physical body you um, over time, as we said, in the sense of like where you've been, the, phys- the experiences you've had, um, your literal somatic reactions to certain things, which might be, or go ahead. Well, I think it's actually kind of interesting that you mentioned experience because I think we often use a term with relating to SE, but then I'm coming to realization that SI is actually way more reliant on experience for them yeah. to trust it, right? Because an SI mm-hmm. person needs to have it happen to them in order, like whatever it is, let's say off mm-hmm. the top of my head, like whatever example, um, in order to have the repertoire internally to understand, like, for example, yeah. if they ate something that made them feel sick, so they're going to avoid said thing because yeah. it made them sick versus an SE person would probably look at it and be like, well, I knew it was something terrible because the color was off or like something was weird yeah. or like, it was giving me Whoa. this impression that it doesn't want to be eaten. An SI, <laughs> an SI user even might like 
um, throw up after eating a certain food because they were sick and then that food might be ruined for them even if they loved it oh <laughs> so i ate biscotti <laughs> during december one time and i finished the whole tub of it this was back when i was able to digest an entire tub of biscotti to this day i cannot eat biscotti because See, i still nothing... remember the taste of biscotti there's <laughs> nothing that like that ever for me yeah <laughs> that has never happened to me yeah i'm able to just <laughs> i'm able to ignore it and just allow myself to have a new experience with it that will erase the old one like yeah it just it doesn't seem to erase it because that taste is almost imprinted to me Ooh, i feel like a... s imprint is a great word for <laughs> si and you know here's the thing with si is that once you have one bad experience it's going to be very difficult to have another one but se wants to have more experiences and trusts that enough will erase the bad one that level of trust that sd people have to handle realities ups and downs mm -hmm. is something that gives me a level of not anxiety but again worry i mean personally it's funny i say these words because i don't actually feel them <laughs> this is why i think it's going to come off very inconsistent with my statements because i'm the type that is going to be down to jump off a you know like i'm actually not afraid to try that those things but when i see se people do it it often comes off as like did you think it through like what were what was going into your head and they're like what needed to go through my head rock jump water who cares if i get wet that's just water and i'm always like but injury no none that doesn't <laughs> it I mean, doesn't we heal out. we heal ourselves we heal the body heals itself <laughs> And I'm just like, what? It's such a a different world, really. Like again, going back to my culture example before, the culture of SE, especially high stack SE, is such a marvel to watch. I mean, we this is coming from the fact that I was telling you before, I was like, I'm not as impressed. But in truth, seeing it in action is impressive. Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna lie, it does it looks amazing to see. I just I wanna clarify too that as an ENFJ, extroverted sensing is my third function. And as I was mentioning earlier, that's a kind of a pure function in the sense that SI is my blind spot. So whenever I was like, I've never had an experience where I've thrown up and then never been able to eat it again. Like actually I was thinking of my ENFP cousin. I remember she really liked hard ciders like angry orchards and then one night she like got too drunk and drank too many angry orchards and threw it up and now literally the smell of cider like she can't can't handle it like my um my uh my sister was like let's go to a cider mill and uh my cousin literally denied just because she didn't want to be around the smell and that was so it's so strange to me because i'm like you used to love it though like that was just one time. Like I threw yeah. up, like um, I actually threw up and got sick um, after eating like my mom's pasta, my favorite food. And I, you know, did not affect me. Like would it affect you if you threw up after eating your all time favorite food? Would that bother no, you? No, actually, no, not really. Because um, the biscotti thing was an interesting example I used. I have the switch, too, where it depends really on the food, too, because I could have 
even if it like I, I'm lactose intolerant, so mm-hmm. cheese is not my best friend. Mm-hmm. Although I love cheese, <laughs> so <laughs> I really do. Cheese is great. Um, mm-hmm. So I had this discussion with my parents this morning, which is a, the reason why I'm gonna bring up this example because my parents were who are both SI DOMs were like, "Why do you keep eating something knowing that it hurts you?" And I say, because sometimes the pain is worth it. <laughs> sometimes the stomach mm. ache, the moments in the bathroom, sometimes all of that was worth two hours of a good dinner meal. Of something that either mm. you worked on, somebody made for you. Whatever ideas that came from the food was way more precious to me than the pain or discomfort I'm going to feel later. And so I, sometimes I like to weigh it. Again, like using my example of any before, I weigh a lot of my decisions by how much possibilities I can draw out of it. If the possibilities of deliciousness, fun, good memories, all that outweigh the discomfort I'm going to be feeling because that's only one thing I'm going to be experiencing tomorrow, I will then pick the decision of I'm going to eat it, even if it hurts me. (laughs) Yeah, I feel feel like SE will always know that every situation is different and... Uh, will be in the moment and emerge. Oh, this was something. Okay. Sorry. I completely stopped in the middle of that thought, but I realized that something I was going to say earlier was that um, both um, all, all the functions are like immersed in their world. But the thing that you can see with extroverted sensing is that it's not just um, feeling your five senses. It is um, directly engaging with it so ah yes because everyone can oh everybody got every yeah (laughs) and like so that's the thing is that if you're thinking of someone just simply taking in their five senses i would argue that that's kind of more introverted sensing in a way would you say that again sorry it was i said if you're thinking about someone that's just sort of sitting back and feeling their five senses i would argue that that is slightly more introverted sensing yeah, I mean, if they have to reflect about it, definitely. Because I, I would see that as a trope, even. Extroverted sensing needs to get their hand, or extroverted sensing needs to get their hands dirty and figure out what's happening. I mean, it even might like need to touch it or like jiggle it around or like. I feel like extroverted sensing. I did this as a child. I don't know if every kid does this, but like I think of like the kid at the store that can't stop touching everything that is there. It's reminding me of my friend. Like whenever I was a kid, I remember I would get yelled at for touching like everything at the grocery store. (laughs) Like my mom would just be like, stop it. But like, that's kind of how SE can express its curiosity. And I say I definitely don't do that as an adult, but there are definitely some SE dominant adults that are still. Yeah, no, (laughs) I use the words tactile and I think I use that word before because there needs to be a touch related thing. And this could even be metaphorical, right? It doesn't have to be literally physically touching something, but an SE person needs to experience it now. Like you can't just right like you can't remove the experience the potential of experience from an se user because that's like denying them their ability to learn in a way i'm even thinking of like so my my partner um she 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 said i think she works with some sps some se users that are like in the sales department 
and they like um literally like bouncing balls on the wall like while they're working and they have this big gong that like whenever they have a sale they like hit the gong like yeah i got a sale like (laughs) like they're just still like kind of bouncing up the walls and see here's the thing stereotypically you might think of extroverted sensing as like i'm gonna go like bungee jumping or like zip lining or whatever imagine that kid that wants to touch everything at the grocery store they grow up and they're not allowed to they have a lot of energy that they need to <laughs> now they probably want to go skydiving they probably want to go racing they probably want to watch football and imagine like you know there's a lot of energy i think that needs to be released for them well, i mean oh ooh, this is actually an interesting segue so we noticed that this is something that we can definitely see, but what about the size of SC that we don't see? Like my mind immediately went to SE as the type of person who looks at possibilities for what its usefulness is. Because an SE person could be like, oh, because I remember my friend would do this. We would have discussions, but then he'd look at me and go, but can I do it? Like, can you actually do what you're saying? So that's interesting because... Sometimes I, I would think of this as going for the low-hanging fruit. Um, mm-hmm. Not fully, but I like to, like, I've noticed that NE people are afraid to go for the low-hanging fruit because they want to make it even more complicated. But you <laughs> yep. also can think of the low-hanging fruit as this is a fruit that is ripe, and so I'm going to take it right now. Ah, the word you know? I came up with um, in my in my outline mm-hmm. is opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? SE comes off more opportunistic. They're it's yeah. they're also waiting in a way, but they're waiting in such a momentary, quick, reflexive thinking that when it, an opportunity comes up, they're not gonna hesitate to take it because they're ready. And they're ready. If Anna, if, if, if <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I I feel like being like. I was born ready is is se well <laughs> the the line of the famous quote that i say that is very funny for me to play up is if i don't if i stay ready i don't need to get ready i'm thinking of this guy i know in middle <laughs> school who is like probably an esfp and he it was just his catchphrase i was born ready he was like the class clown like he was like always like talking in class he like literally always said I was born ready probably like every single day in like an annoying way. This is middle school. But... I don't know how they do it. I I was quiet in high school. Like people, I mean, I was talkative too, but it was just, I'm not on every day. That's just a hard thing for me to process. I don't, I don't I know. I mean, <laughs> and if you think about how SE is connected to NI, as I was just talking about like staying in my lane, knowing my path, I'm so on my path that if anything were to cross my path, I was I'm ready to take it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why I'm on the, the path. That's where the confidence is coming in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But isn't it weird because it's almost a weird switch when it comes to an inferior or tertiary NI. There's often this entertainment of doomsday apocalyptic thinking. Because yeah. of a high SE person would feel as though that they couldn't move. It's like essentially feeling imprisoned within their own NI. Yeah, because they haven't thought through what their purpose really is, and so they're just kind of interacting. With yeah, with, with just whatever's happening in real time. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. conspiracy theories is such mm-hmm. an, a low-stack NI thing, Yeah, which is, I don't know how other people are going to take it, but you'll notice right away that a person who has um, 
uh, yeah, low stack, and I'm gonna go with that word because I don't want to feel responsible for bad choice of words. <laughs> but <laughs> mm-hmm. that they there is this idea of something being all interconnected, but feeling helpless and powerless mm. towards it. Yeah, which is something that's the opposite feeling oh. that a higher stack NI would have. Because a higher stack NI was like, well, I know my path. Why would I be powerless about it? I was thinking about this ever since I was born. But then an SC person would be like, I just thought about it. So I'm afraid. You know, I'm freaking out. Whoa. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, because like, I can think, I can entertain conspiracy theories, but my, this is just my opinion. It's, I, I know that every single moment is different. Every single moment has its own opportunity. You can always flip like the script Mm -hmm. and so it's like i want to be in my own personal power so that i'm doing everything i can to flip the script and that's what i think valuing ni really is at least for me is like i'm gonna be as aligned as possible with my purpose so that i'm forcing that through and playing my part and making sure that it's going in a different direction or something so it's like not even worth it for me to dwell in the conspiracy theory even if i thought something was true because it's kind of irrelevant like, yeah and how why like why would you even bother with it i mean it could be entertaining because a lot of them are entertaining i mean coming from the ne dom here a lot of it is entertaining it's <laughs> a good point but yeah so so for se i feel like there's this need to interact and it's also like all of these experiences that they're we're seeking out it's you know, seeking the personal from the universal. It's like, um, I would, I guess what I, what I was going to connect to that is that it can kind of disturb the peace for SI. It can kind of be a lot to handle. Yeah. <laughs> but for SE, it can kind of seem like SI is playing safe, closed-minded, Too stuck in the past. Yeah. Yep. Like, do you want to talk a little bit about how SE could kind of disturb the peace in your um, view? Or... Yeah, 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 totally. It's an interesting thing because I would say that SI folks tend to, and I'm going to use myself as an example. Like, I'm going to put myself in that same group. Uh, there's these moments where it feels as though things weren't as well thought out of. You know, like, well, what does this mean for me? It's often a thought that comes up. And, like, what have I figured out before that I could apply now? And sometimes that isn't present with SE and not Mm -hmm. that they I mean again this is something that as an observation from an SI user obviously that doesn't have to be true and it might might as well not even be true at all because we've what we talked about before an SE person is confident to handle the moment because they stayed ready and all that stuff but an SI person is actively getting ready I feel like a oh the concept of overtime versus real time comes in because an SI person is spending to get ready over time all the time <laughs> i think the problem to compare to the parallel because remember i mentioned how se folks feel can feel trapped or helpless and powerless with their lower stack ni and s higher stack si would feel powerless and afraid with their lower stack ne because all they can drum up and bring up are negative possibilities so all they see are not just one catastrophe that's inevitable, it's the 20,000 potential catastrophes that could happen if they didn't prepare hard enough. 
Yeah. And like <laughs> it's just everyone's stressed. The, clearly. The, perspect- the perspective from SE at SI is that SI is afraid of change mm-hmm. and doesn't understand the purpose of discomfort. Which you could I, I feel like SE um is yeah, SE is not afraid of the breadth of experiences that you can have. And so that also means pain and discomfort. I'm not saying that SI or that SE literally is like so great at handling pain, but if you look at as strong SE users, they tend to be the people that can handle a crisis and can be brave and strong in you know times of war or whatever. And it's because I think they there's an acceptance of how hard life is. I want to counter that. Yeah, I feel like I haven't fully, I'm I'm not choosing the right words, but I'm trying to Well, my counter is, I like that you mentioned that SE can be very adaptable in that sense, but it could be in a bad way too, because I know of a bad example. My friend, when he got in a car accident, he actively avoids the one road that he got in a car accident in, because in his SE mind, it's like, oh, I know that road, I'm just not going to pick it. And it's like just something that happens in the moment very quickly. He doesn't think about it all the time, but it Mm. just... He instinctively makes that decision. Whereas an SI person, let's say my my her his wife, right? Say the ESFJ, when things get problematic, she'll cry about it. Sure, you know, it's a change, she's not ready, it's making her feel sad, but she's not gonna go out of her way to change it because she's just coming to terms with it. It's just eventually gonna fit into her reality somehow. Mm-hmm. She'll just have to roll up her sleeves again and do the same thing as she always knows that she knows what she's comfortable with. And nothing really has shifted. She'll like grieve Mm -hmm. and then move on. Whereas the other one's actually having trouble moving on because, you know, that maybe the NI of it is still there and he he can't just move on. So it's like. Okay, that makes sense. Right? Like there's just this connection thing. But then it's funny how it can come up and manifest in different ways, even though we may think normally that one is more adaptable than the other. But we can see that in certain examples, the one we thought was minded and narrow-minded might be more accepting of reality yeah yeah the other one yeah the other one and... could be so actively against it like impactful and reactive to reality that they're always going to want to change it till they're always uncomfortable with change it could happen yeah for tell me if you agree with this it almost seems like si is wanting to process what happened and like sort of heal that whereas se is wanting to open the door to a new experience that would counteract and transform replace that. yeah yeah i would say i would agree with that i mean right now my friend's processing something yeah <laughs> and, but then i know that when she's finished that's done she doesn't have to go back to it or if she does yeah. go back to it it'll just be a memory but the other one is like i don't want to remember that so i'm gonna think of something else yeah so i mean that's what i do i mean I can give an example on that, but I also was just going to say that I think whenever I'm saying like they understand like the breadth of the different experiences that you can have, I think that there is sort of this element of like an acceptance of pain and discomfort in the sense that there's more of like a willingness to take a risk um, for that. I I almost would want to say SE thrives in change more because that means more experiences yeah whereas um and it's if you think of extroversion as expanding like 
SE, like everyone wants to travel. Travel's really great. And I think that most people don't even have enough money to be able to travel as much as they actually want. But I've noticed like SE seems to really, really, really like it. Like really, like SE wants to collect experiences or NE will want to maybe travel for a different reason or like because they want to have an experience or because they want the different ideas or i mean this is coming from me being where i come to the my personal conclusion that i don't always actually have to travel to enjoy looking at a different place like i could actually just enjoy it as an idea because as an any user it tastes better in the intangible than it is in the moment so yeah right like i would look up a countryside area in south of France and say, I want to go there, but do I really want to go there? No, not really. I'm just happy with the idea that I got to think about it. I also just want to say that as someone who has SI as my blind spot and child SE, I think that if an experience happens, it's really negative. Mm -hmm. I really want to move on quickly and not let it limit me. However, I think that there have been times whenever I've thought to myself, like the takeaway is that this aspect doesn't work for me. And so I'm totally willing and going to forge my own path or put myself out there in a different way to find something different that will work for me. But Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm dismissing something that I could have just healed and accepted. Um, Like for example, Um, I've had several different marketing jobs and there's definitely been times where I'm like, well, marketing isn't for me. And like, it kind of isn't, but it kind of could be if the situations were better, but like, it's hard for me to stick with like one experience and wait for it to get better. Yes. That's such a good thing that you mentioned that because I remember I don't know if people have remembered this, if they caught me collab with Jamie before, shout out Mm -hmm. to her for the SI. She told me that one of her big points was because her mom was like, why don't you just wait till you get the one you want? And she goes, why can't I just pick a job off the road and just, you know, casually work on that? It doesn't really bother me. It doesn't take any energy from me or my brain energy. And that way I'm still making money while I'm waiting for the next best thing. And it's just this comfortability, this, this thing of just being okay with, something mundane and mediocre from our standards because to them what's better is the end result like the reward at the end of the tunnel is something that they're fine with like that they're going to be okay with and it doesn't and it's not as deep i think that we want it to be or maybe it is deep and we're just not we're looking at it from the wrong lens because like i've had my friends my friend isn't entirely ambitious like she doesn't really want to go out and do this or make a name for herself or put herself out there but she's completely comfortable in her lifestyle and that she's totally okay with it so she could focus her time now on maintaining her relationships with other people which is the one thing she yeah. actually wants yeah which is like a, you know right it looks it may look right it may look kind of shallow to us but when you really think about it that's quite a rewarding lifestyle to that have is because for very, her she feels fulfilled it's a great example of an esfj mindset in my opinion is that if they are really grounded and stable in their reality then they have even more to give to everyone else and so even more energy for like feeling connected Mm -hmm. you know i mean they don't have to deal with as many surprises 
and the thing that makes her have an advantage in this situation is that when people do suffer and they experience catastrophes and disasters and heartaches, heartbreaks, she's there. You know, you're that's the wow. person you call because she's stable. You know, you're gonna be you're gonna be able to call her and be like, oh, man, life's hard. But she's Ooh, fine with that's, it. She that's can so take... interesting because um as an ENFJ, I think like when the pandemic happened and everybody now is afraid of the unknown doesn't really feel like they have a meaning they know what the meaning of life is i feel like i've been very like yeah i still have the same meaning of life like i'm, I'm grounded in the intuitive realm my mm -hmm. path is grounding me but i have just one last thing to say about se and si and then you can share whatever to wrap up but i just was gonna say stepping into my se like sort of bias perspective how I can see SI and how it can feel is that I sometimes can view it as, and this is, this is because it's my blind spot. Mm. I, I can see it as like, this is the element of humanity that is holding everything back from being able to like move forward. Like, especially, um, uh, I don't know, like, it, it can seem like fear to me, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even though it's not necessarily fear, it's also like, could be my own impatience for things or like not trusting that process. But I really just think that SE wants to directly change reality by impacting it. And that NI wants to move to the next um, and better possibility and it is very very difficult at least for me it's very difficult to know how to handle SI even though like I've done a lot of work on being accepting toward it and understanding it it's still I have just this gut reaction of that it is like this thing that's holding me back or I can like feel well I know that it does give you a reaction even if you try to apply SI principles because it comes off so alien <laughs> yeah i've definitely seen that happen and i know mm -hmm. other enfjs you know who you are <laughs> will have literal reactions or panic attacks when an si situation happens <laughs> it's very yeah, amusing and like i've noticed from working with an esfj too that they seem to like want to use these details or like life moments and order they like put them in their back pocket and they like know they're going to use them later mm -hmm. Or like they'll use specific uh, parts of reality in order to paint a picture of something. Um, I don't, it seems so detail oriented and like so stuck in the weeds where it's like, even like for me, why take something and put it in your back pocket when, when the moment arises, you're going to know if it's important. At least that's how it works for me. Mm. Like if I will remember, I, I will be able to go find what that thing was if I need mm -hmm. it and if the situation arises. I think the argument for SI would be you won't need it when you already have it. Yeah, and another argument for it's, SI... It's a strange thing, it's a strange thing, really. <laughs> another argument for SI, I think, is that but if you just do it now because you know that you're going to need it, then it's going to be less energy in the long run and you're going to conserve the energy in your body. It's a guarantee. It's guaranteeing a tomorrow. How I see it, 
it's it's funny because I oh my point to this actually now that I've now that we've got to that does it feel as though SI doesn't trust you like that there's a lack of trust there yeah it's almost like they don't trust them to be able to handle the moment because they don't have yeah how does this work with our concept of responsibility in this concept because we thought of person like SI feels personally responsible for their own care but then oftentimes I see it being in use in conjunction with an extroverted function of theirs to care for being responsible for other people's well I would say for SE I would feel responsible for taking action if it is within my control gotcha and I if think it's not in my control I don't have to but it's knowing what is in my control and what's not and being brave enough to take the action if it is within your control Gotcha. And you guys aren't really bothered if it isn't in your control. Because I know with SI yes. folks, because it's not in our control, that's the unknown that's scary. Because oh. we, because we're not prepared for it. It will eventually be back in your control. That's it's... the thing. It'll come back full circle <laughs> for us. But the thing is, like, I can tell this as a maybe as an inferior SI, I can only sort of relate. So I'm like speaking for people who I know rather than speaking from my personal experience. But it's just kind of funny to me to watch how um, the reasoning so, between the two sensing functions can be. I see it as SE is throwing a boomerang out there, and then whenever it comes back to you, you take it and you throw it back. And then when it comes back... And you're confident it's going to come back. And SI yeah. person's like, but what if it hits a tree? <laughs> and it doesn't come back. <laughs> yeah, I guess I think it's impossible to impact reality without feeling it back, feeling the ripple of it back. And I... Well, I mean, going back to the processing thing of overtime versus real time, SI needs to take that time out to like process and see where they personally fit in reality. Whereas mm. I can see SE people thinking of, well, I fit in reality. Like, I this is my playground. Well, <laughs> that reminds me of why I feel like a lot of SI users, something I don't quite understand, is how they'll just like watch Netflix like binge netflix like all the time and i know a lot of people do that but we also our society is full of a lot of si like ni is a rarer function i don't understand like what are you doing with your life and i'm not judging that because i do get that if you are going to take a whole weekend to just watch tv and lay around um you are kind of taking a step out of your reality and directly impacting it for a bit you know um i think i tried making this point before not during this episode but before mm -hmm. in a previous like conversation we've had and i think i can do boil it down to two that two things that an si person is focusing on so the first one is using my friend as an example she already achieved what she feels is fulfillment so those other parts of her life is still going to be feel fulfilling for her and another thing is that taking breaks is a very common SI thing. I just realized like yeah. recreation and scheduling and being like, hey, maybe it's about time I need to drop everything and get up and do something. Because I think they've realized that by keeping in tabs with your energy regulation as an SI person, let's say, allows you to maximize your capacity for energy to re really sustain your energy again. That and is I something think, that I literally do not know how to do. Because SE people work in bursts, like how an any user would work in bursts. Until I crash. <laughs> because I haven't managed the energy. Okay, and SE I'm about to crash right now. Chill. 
Like, you know, Raven and SFS is so chill because they're like, well, I know this is going to take this many hours, so we're going to, right, we're going to pace ourselves. We're not going to go too much. Or they might think it's not that big a deal, so we're not going to invest too much time into this. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept, right? They're, like, they're always looking at it in terms of how am I going to, what am I going to get out of this? Like, what am I taking away from it? In my free time, even when I am doing things that are, like, not work, I'm thinking of all the videos that I would want to watch or all the things I would want to learn. Like, I don't know how to sit back and watch fiction and kind of just detach. I like, have three fiction books. I don't know if I when I have time to read it. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm on your page here where it's actually yeah. hard for me to, to, like, relate to this. Relax. Yeah, because we both are not great at SI, but, like, I think <laughs> for me, it's, like, things that I want to literally learn that are going to, I don't know. Like I, I it's like, and enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I can't do that. And it's so funny. My mom is an ESFJ, and I feel like all she ever wants to do is to have me come over and like just sit on the couch and just like hang. Well, the out. thing is, is to us it doesn't feel fulfilling, but that's the fulfillment for them, right? That's where they get their fill, their energy, the reason why they want to move on and help again. It's like because that place of comfort where they don't have to worry about anything else using my example of the nest and the egg right the going back to the nest is what gets them back to face the novel again because knowing that there's something to come back to is what gives them the strength to keep moving forward se wants to just like move forward (laughs) you know add i don't know you know what's funny is even like i remember growing up like christmas shopping with my mom like at like a crowded mall or something she would always complain she hated it she absolutely hated all the crowds and Mm -hmm. I remember as a kid thinking it was kind of exciting like and I I like still I'm probably more overwhelmed by that now I remember being like confused by like why it bothered her so much might just be like an adult thing if you like have work and other things (laughs) yeah but like I've always really liked crowds um in general like music festival amusement parks like any sort of like thing like i don't get over overwhelmed that easily by it and i just can kind of become one that's another thing with extroversion in general is that it's kind of about becoming one with here's a funny thing with that i'm gonna throw a wrench in that Mm -hmm. we would go she my friend at esfj and i would go to we used to go to amusement parks yearly like that used Mm -hmm. to be a tradition Whereas everybody else that I knew who were SE would start vomiting too early because it was a game, a competition to see who can last longer. That girl can ride all of those rides, not throw up once. Because she probably why? is like she prepared. Yeah, prepared. Yeah. <laughs> she spent her whole months being like, I'm going to go to this amusement park by July. So I know what I need to do to last the longest so I could beat everybody. Yeah. And I'm always going like, you can, t-, like, everybody's always like, it's a new experience, it's a thrill, everything. She's you know, having that's, fun too. That's a really good point, actually, is because <laughs> whenever I did go to a music festival that was like um, three days, I was really tired by the third day. Drained, pretty you much, know? right? Yeah. Because I didn't girl, like no. plans. She's ready the next day. <laughs> That's so funny. And I energy regulate. You know me. Like, I'm personally pretty cautious of how I can do my energy. But this girl can handle it. I'm going, what? Speaking of that, I really might. I have been ignoring my energy. <laughs> and I really need to eat. And so that that's just an example of, like, I really don't pay attention to my energy. But is there anything else that you'd like to say 
well, as, as a conclusion, yeah, as a conclusion. Um, as a quick conclusion, I hope everybody noticed. I've been trying to drop oh, breadcrumbs yeah. throughout the entire kind of episode. I like to mention like little things of because we were talking about certain words like receptive, mm-hmm. activate, flow, direction, responsibility. Um, I would drop an SI comment in the first part of the episode, and then I would mention it, come back to it again. I like I thought of it as a a tool I could do to provide for folks who might get lost throughout this conversation because I know with myself I'm quite aware I'm very wild when it comes to ideas I could bring mm-hmm. up a lot of different things I could bring up 50 things at once and forget the point but I realized too that if I were to drop breadcrumbs that that could be helpful for somebody who may find my style of speaking difficult and I think I, I've been doing this for my yeah. own I like to keep them timestamps and stuff it seems like a good NE and SI connection where you're, the breadcrumbs, I think, is a good example of SI, honestly. Like, and I don't like want to touch behind. I mean, I want y'all to join me in my ride. <laughs> you know, like that, I feel yeah. personally responsible for people having, you know, to enjoy the idea tangents that I mm-hmm. take. But if you're not enjoying it, then I must have done something weird. So I could, I could fix it. Mm-hmm. I can adjust. <laughs> yeah. As you guys can see, if you happen to be new to type and you just discovered it from this like sort of intro series, there's a lot to talk about. And there's a lot to unpack with type and to where it's all, it's difficult to keep it all in one episode when we're trying to do an overview of the different functions, especially when we're trying to think about how different types see it differently and all of that. But I hope that this was useful and it was very interesting to talk through the lens of that symbiotic relationship and the direction and flow of energy. Cause I really think personally said this at the beginning, I really think that is the way to go when it comes to learning the functions. Like I, I like framing it in this way. Like if you were to look up MBTI definitions or socionics or objective personality or any of these other things, I, agree with a lot of the definitions but I personally think that coming from the definitions first of each of the functions can be limiting if you are just viewing the function um I guess purely theoretical standpoint yes theoretically if you're only viewing the function as and you're remembering the definition the way that you remember things in school I think that's limiting because then you're connecting the function to a word when mm. it's not a word it's a type of consciousness i mean i could argue that these are archetype definitions that were also found out through observing real people yeah so you need real people if you want to get a better fleshed out idea of what that means yeah and so i think kind of giving yourself lenses of like oh introversion is a lens in which that i'm looking at feeling then you can like kind of explore like the overlap of of the Venn diagram and like, what is that? And you can notice that with people in your life. So yeah. And what we talked about, it's like based on, I, you know, I've read a lot of personality books. I, and, but it's also based on my observation and Nate's observations. So anyway, thank you. A quick little thing too. That's a big thing for folks to realize and notice this too, as you probably have noticed, the people listening, we actually come to certain conclusions during these episodes. Yes. Too. 
because we're both the type of people that require a form of interaction to flesh out ideas. Yeah. It's very hard for us as extroverts to yes. keep things inside. As much as y'all introverts, I kind of am jealous of y'all. Like, able, you're able to really wrap your heads around it and spend time on it over time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas something for us, we, me and her, we need it to happen in real time. It's really hard for us to theorize unless something is actively happening in front of us that's one of the reasons i'm so glad that i had you on and i (laughs) want this podcast to have more people on because it's like to just so you guys know i've been wanting to sit down and like write an ebook or like create stuff and the thing is is it's very hard to just sit down and do that because my ideas don't really come through that way and so you know i'm thinking of this podcast as like what are the ideas that i want to think about and flesh out and then like Mm -hmm. how can i make the time in my schedule to flush them out but but yeah anyway i hope you guys liked this um episode maybe two episodes let me know if you have any comments uh the comments really do inspire other episodes and other things to other discussions so and uh yeah and thank you nate for for joining me um and yeah thanks for listening to psyche design